And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And I am so excited today because we have one of the industry giants and just an all-around nice, cool person as my guest today. So please join me in welcoming Brian Kramer. Aw, what a wonderful intro. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate it, and I appreciate your support. You've been so nice to me um, in the launch of my book, and I I just wanted to publicly thank you. Well, thank you, and and it's a great book, and that's obviously why we're going to be doing this program, but for those who, you know, the the, the few, the few and far between people who don't know who you are, let me go ahead and, and just tell people a little bit about you. So Brian Kramer is one of the world's foremost leaders in the art and science of sharing and has been credited with instigating the hashtag H2H human business movement in marketing and social. With over 300,000, that's right folks, 300,000 social fans and followers and an intimate understanding of the intricacies and interworking of both social technologies and social behaviors, Brian is both a practitioner and an authority on the subject. In January of 2014, Brian's first book, There Is No B2C or B2B, oops, I said that backwards. There is no B2B or B2C. It's human to human, which is hashtag H2H. That book rose to the number one top selling spot in business books on Amazon in just its first week. In January of 2015, hashtag H2H was named as the number one buzzword for 2015 by the writer. Brian's second title, Shareology, How Sharing is Powering the Human Economy, just came out in July, and that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Brian is also a renowned global speaker, consultant, and trainer. In a unique sharing experiment conducted in his recent TED Talk at IBM called Why Sharing is Reimagining Our Future, Brian witnessed the true power of sharing when inspiration combined itself with reach and technology. The results were absolutely stunning. 21 million impressions in just four hours spanning the globe to over 10 countries. And we will definitely be talking about that in more detail. So again, Brian, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. Gosh, I, I, that was one of the most awesome introductions. I sat here listening going, wow, that is um Really fun. Thank you so much. I I appreciate that. Well, not a problem, not a problem. And, you know, every part of that is true. You are an expert in the field of sharing. And since this is a social media program, you know, there's those little buttons called share. But that's not that's just a tiny, tiny part about sharing. So first, tell people what you really mean by the concept of sharing. Um, yeah, that that is um, that's right. Every, so here's the interesting thing: everyone has their own definition of sharing. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like my last book with the definition of human. Um, when mm-hmm. when human to human came out um, and H to H came out, man, I got so many variations of what people thought about what a human mm-hmm. really is. And at the end of the day, I boiled it down to the same thing that then carried forward into shareology, um, which is really built on three pillars. It's the imperfection of -hmm. of things in life um, that we embrace. It's the simplicity um, of of life that we all want to obtain or be a part of and um, uh, rather than the complex. And it's the empathy. We all as humans uh, want to and desire to be empathetic towards each other. And we all want um, one thing at the end of the day. What that, what that one thing is, is connection. We right. all want to connect with people. And that's the goal for every single business and every single human out there. So mm-hmm. with that said, that's why I took on the, the extension of Human to Human, my last book, with, the, with this new book, Shareology, and, and, um, and really looking at how people connect. How do we 
connect with people? How do we connect with businesses? How do we connect with um, the things around us that make us want to share in those moments or share those moments? And so, um, so I walk through that in, in this new book. Right. You know, and, and sharing really is an integral part of who we are. And it's interesting to see how social media has kind of, it, it hasn't exactly changed it. It's maybe amplified that because now you can share with people around the world. But let's take a step back because I want to go back to your first book just, just very briefly by addressing the concept of H2H and that it we're not B2B, we're not B2C because we choose to work with and do business with and communicate with and all of those other with people. We're not sharing with companies. We're not buying from a company. We're buying from people. And how have you found that the H2H concept has really kind of revolutionized in many ways how marketers think of this process? Yeah, so here's the interesting thing, um, and, and it's I'll say the obvious thing first. I didn't invent the word human, which um, has been around for years. <laughs> <laughs> Two or three. Just a couple. <laughs> And um, and it really, uh, you know, is one of those things that um, was always a concept in business. Um, in fact, I think it was even more of a concept, you know, with door to door salesmen or sales mm-hmm. saleswomen. And it, it's always been uh, about relationships, always been about relationships. Right. And um, and and the thing that I think resonated, the reason that I think it resonated more in the last um, you know, two years that especially since I think H.H. Um, brought it up as a focus is because um, people started losing touch with that concept, it, that very simple concept that we've all kind of grown up with, um, that mentality that, you know, a relationship is born in person. And and the reason is because we've all learned to live digitally more so in the last few years, especially. Mm-hmm. And we've all tried to automate and scale those relationships faster so that we can, don't have to work as hard. And, um, well, I think that there is room for automation in in all of our lives to help do that. Nothing will replace um, a, a relationship. Nothing will replace right. the hard work that goes into building a relationship. And so that's why I think it really resonated more now than ever. It, again, isn't a new concept. It's a needed concept more mm-hmm. now than ever. And so that's why I think... Um, it, it, you know, just like in the first week, um, it, it was, it was, so first of all, H to H is, is an accidental baby. It's, it's it, it, not accidental. It's a surprise baby is a better way to put it. <laughs> um, it's a wonderfully, it's that one that pops up and you're like, oh my God, I love this. I'm going to love you mm-hmm. forever, but I didn't expect you. Um, I've been talking about H to H for years, like 10 years. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to put the concept out there with my clients and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. It's been all my presentations. But what happened is one day I shared it on stage at a keynote at Bloomberg. And my mm-hmm. friend uh, Ted Rubin was actually in the audience. And he, um, he asked to take a picture of it. And so I went back a screen. He took a picture. And right as he's taking a picture of it, um, just about half the audience lifted their phones to um, follow him and took pictures too. Mm-hmm. Totally unexpected, not planned. Took a picture, sent, excuse me, sent it out on on Twitter and Instagram and all that, and hashtagged it H to H, which then, um, which which has actually become a picture. I, I I was leaning over in this picture, and now it's it's if you Google it H to H, you'll you'll see it like in within the first, you know, few. Um, uh, uh, photos there. And so uh-huh. anyway, when it, when it got tweeted out, um, within the next 48 hours, it went viral. It got over 80 million impressions. It was translated into over 15 languages. And, um, over the next two weeks, I got well over 2000 blogs, bloggers blogging about it. Um, wow. it, it was in the press. It was just about coming out of everywhere. And I, I was so excited, but again, you know, being a marketer, I wish I had planned it, but I didn't. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take credit for that part. What I what I can tell you is that um, part of the reason that it probably resonated is because pe- and people ask me, how would you replicate that? Um, well, you can't replicate timing for something um, as as, you know, as uh, like H to H. But what you can do and what I like to tell people is that I really, really worked hard on my brand, my personal brand for the previous two years. And mm-hmm. I had a quite a, I had a, a significant following, a healthy, significant following and of people 
and I had a lot of uh, relationships. So when it did take off, it, it wasn't an unknown entity talking about this thing. It was a known entity, uh, um, you know, a trusted entity talking right. about this thing. And that, there's, there's, I don't think that I don't think there's any way that you know it would have done what it did if I didn't work as hard as I did the previous two years. So you have to really put the effort in. Is my point uh, to mm-hmm. all of your listeners? You have to really put that effort in, and then um, the other side of it is um, then obviously going viral. And and I talk about that um, that aspect, how to how to go viral. And I actually have a, a formula in the book that came out of the 250 interviews that I did that talks about you know the aspect of that and how sharing can can really um, you know can go viral. It's that science part of it. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, um, that that's how HCH was born, and that's why I think it resonated at the time that it did. Right. And and that really does then fit perfectly into your book, Shareology, because people share things from people that they, they trust and that, you know, you had mentioned your personal brand and, and all of those things that went into that. So when you said, hey, H2H is a very important, very critical thing that we need to be thinking about, people went, oh, okay, because they knew you, they liked you, they trusted you, you know, all of those those various things. And more importantly, because of those, they were then happy to say, hey, look what Brian Kramer just said. You know, it, it all ties into what makes something shareable and why people choose to share something or to not share it. Yeah, yeah. How do people choose, um, I think, is what you're, what you're getting at. Um, right. What makes something shareable. Yes. And um, and and there are shareable moments, there are shareable experiences, and I talk about those as um, as shareable experiences and co-created experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, the the you know there so that's a really really good point because there are many ways now. Um, we're not in the Mad Men days where it used to be you only had three options for marketing or advertising. You had billboards, radio, and TV, and that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Now you have hundreds if not thousands of different combinations of ways that you can make something shareable. Um, right. I like to think of it in um, as from a brand stand, standpoint, from a brand mm-hmm. um, point of view. I think about it in terms of a Kodak moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I miss I miss Kodak for that because um, they really created this, you know, the, the, the remember those signs, the Kodak moment right. signs and they'd mm-hmm. be standing up and you'd be looking at uh, uh, something picturesque or something really cool. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, yeah, this really is a Kodak moment. And mm-hmm. and, and so um, what Kodak did is they, they presented you not only with, you know, uh, a, a place to, you know, to, to do it, but also reminded you, don't forget this is mm-hmm. a shareable moment. Lift your Kodak and take a picture mm-hmm. and share it with people. And, right. um, and, and so I think that there are Kodak moments that we can, um, that brands can help uh, or people can help to uh, frame for other mm-hmm. people because not everyone is walking around saying, how do I share in this experience or how do I do that? We have to uh, be able to create, help create those experiences and in things like authenticity and, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, how we approach them matter because if it's not, you know, uh, like for instance, you can go to, um, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, Facebook and you can go into uh, these different rooms and they've got like uh, upside down rooms and little, you know, rooms where everything's really small and you're Mm -hmm. really large and you just go in and you take pictures for fun and post Uh them on Instagram. And, and, and so they've they've actually built these like fun picture taking areas, these Kodak moments. And, um, you know, I, I see this all the time at like events where you're walking around events and there's nothing and something fun is happening, like some kind of band or some kind of an experience of, you know, I don't know, um, people doing, um, uh, uh, gymnastics or all, you know, um, Mm -hmm. all kinds of things going on at these different events. And yet nobody reminds you that this might be uh, an Instagram moment or something like Mm -hmm. that. So I guess what I'm getting at is that, um, that you really have to remind people, you have to tell people what a shared experience is, and you have to help them to see that and, and also integrate it into your, um, your software and into your, um, your, there's so many mobile apps that are out. There's hundreds of thousands of mobile apps and yet there's no sharing still in a lot of them. Um, for Mm -hmm. instance, Uber, you still can go into it. Yeah. Uber is one of my favorite brands. I actually write about in the book, uh, about Mm -hmm. uh, the sharing economy. That's the, 
the whole physical to digital right. side that mm-hmm. I cover. But 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 uh, taking it over to the shareable experience side, like what you're asking me about, there's nothing in there that says um, tweet this out out of the app and share with everyone your great experience. Right. Um, they they haven't done that for, for I don't know why. But um, again, the same thing with Airbnb. Like they're creating mm-hmm. these great experiences and yet they're not shareable yet. So right. we haven't quite got we haven't we haven't. Um, we haven't arrived yet to a place where brands are start still understanding how to integrate a shareable experience with the branded experience. Right. And, you know, sometimes they, they remember, but they don't make it easy. You know, like they might post, uh, you know, a sign, share this on Facebook or, you know, tweet about this. But if I have to take that extra step or two, I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I tell people I have the attention span of a gnat. So, you know, the second I get sidetracked on something, I'm, I'm gone. You know, somebody might tell me, well, share, share about this restaurant experience on Facebook. So I go to Facebook. Oh, wait, there's a quick video. Oh, wait. You know, and then pretty soon I completely forgot what I was there for. So building it in, you'll first remind the people, but then make it easy. Make it simple for, for people to share things. Uh, you know, it, it always kind of boggles my mind when I'm at somebody's blog post or even their website and they don't have the buttons to easily share or they'll just have a couple. You know, I was on one of the major media outlet sites and they just had Twitter and Facebook. Now, this was a business publication. I couldn't share on LinkedIn. I'm like, really? (laughs) And so it's, it's one of those concepts that we are slow to grasp. And sometimes I think the businesses take you know, just take it for, you know, they, they just assume, well, people will know that they're supposed to share this. They're supposed to tell their friends. And, of course, one of the most important marketing tools and probably the most important marketing tool is that little thing called word of mouth. Um, you know, I interviewed uh, Ted Knight about word of mouth marketing. You talk about a, a great person in your book that you've interviewed about word of mouth marketing. That's where people get their information. You know, we don't decide to go to a hotel because of the billboard. We go to the hotel because of the Yelp reviews or what's on TripAdvisor or, you know, we we go to a new dentist because of the people that we asked on Facebook. It's, you know, it's it's all of these things that that are we're sharing with people. Yeah, it's it that's exactly right. And um and now we have a way of of um making that not only known, but there are ways that you can actually um, you know, follow that share online mm-hmm. and make sure that it really gets heard um heard and 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 put out there you, there's there's still some some challenges uh for instance uh, twitter's hard to use by many right. um mm-hmm. linkedin shuts down their apis makes it hard to connect you know, mm-hmm. Facebook is uh, like, do I make this public or do I not? Am I okay with this? Some people mm-hmm. are, you know, I break down the different types of sharers, um, mm-hmm. which we can talk about as well if you want. But, um, but the, uh, you know, not everybody wants to share. It's not in their DNA to share. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're more, um, you know, uh, observers. Uh, so, so there's different types of um, ways that you really need to approach different people. Um, and, and your your point is is exactly right. You're on a you're on a business uh, in a business situation or business platform, business website, whatever. Um, in that situation, LinkedIn makes the most sense. So how are you going to make that uh, available versus um, you know something else that makes more sense for Twitter or for Facebook? And then how are you going to teach them to use it? Because not again, not mm-hmm. everybody knows. So you have to combine those two aspects. It's not just here make it shareable. It's also right. here make it shareable, but help them share it. Um, mm-hmm. And and show them how whether it's a graphic that makes it simple it's one you know step one two three you know these mm-hmm. kinds of things are are what we um you know what we really need to do is combine those two things. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think so many times we assume well somebody knows that they you know how to do this well not always and then they certainly don't want to ask you know they don't want to admit that they don't know how to do it and so yeah you've you've you know little steps you know maybe it is the uber car and if it's not built into the app okay well then the driver has a little handout where he says hey here's how to share this to your social media sites okay you know that makes it pretty simple and pretty easy to do we tend to fall into the trap of everybody knows how to do all of this. Well, actually, that's pretty few and far between. It's more the people who are the the casual users, but the casual users might be the most connected. And the, they when they share something, people really pay attention to it. So here's here's an interesting thing on that point. Um, I, I talked with the CMO of McDonald's 
about a year and a half ago, and mm-hmm. they ran a um, and I talked about this as well, the full sto- story in the in the book if if uh, mm-hmm. they want to read. But um, I, the 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 essence was was of what he was telling me was so interesting. Um, they ran two different um, two different campaigns. One was um, one was uh, one campaign to what um, what what I outline as the uh, the hipsters, the people that are liking and engaging and, and excited by everything mm-hmm. that comes out. They want to be the first to everything. Right. Um, and then they ran a separate campaign to the selectives. Those are the observers. Um, I know people don't like the word lurkers, but I think about mm-hmm. them as, in, in a positive way. Right. Um, uh-huh. And and so, um, you know, they ran two different campaigns. The one campaign where the, the – Hipsters like everything. They ran it more as a coupon, like a save save money on your next, uh, you know, happy meal or or burger mm-hmm. or whatever. So it was more like a here here's something that you can have thanks for being a, a good uh, patron. And then the mm-hmm. second campaign was more thought leadership, and it was uh-huh. more specific to the selectives. And those selectives were uh, basically pointed to things on health and how and McDonald's is trying to obviously we all know trying to change their um, mm-hmm. their observation. Their, um, the way that they present themselves when it comes to health. And so they um, provided more thought leadership in that area to show, you know, here, read this. Here's how we, we're managing to lower cholesterol and, and mm-hmm. some things that we're providing in salads and so on and so forth. Now, when they ran the two different campaigns, um, you would think that the hipsters, the ones that like and share and are all over the place on being the first to, to do something, would have been more successful, but they weren't. Um, hmm. The selectives were more successful, and here's why. The the selectives, the observers, the lurkers, whatever you want to call them, the, the people that sit in the in the in the background and and really pay attention to this stuff and, and pay attention to the things that they trust. And and this is all about trust. So when they mm-hmm. trust something, um, when they when it was presented in an authentic way and there was real research and it was done well, then they were happy to share it because now they started to see value in how somebody's trying to do something in the right way for the the right reasons. And mm-hmm. so when they shared something, um, they may not have, have had, uh, you know, 500,000 followers on social media, but even, t- uh, you know, 100 people that they um, that they displayed their reaction to or their share in front of made a higher difference in reach than the people that actually just shared and liked everything. Why is that? That's because you rarely hear from them. So you trust right. them when they do share something. So mm-hmm. they matter more than anyone out there the the whatever it last year it was 76 percent of people out there were observers lurkers so on and so forth that means that a pretty high population are are um are, are what i called uh daytime soap opera people they like mm-hmm. to watch and 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 it's you know come back and see what's going on and you know it's like people magazine you just love to see what's going on in life we all do that i think i don't think there's a person out there who doesn't do that on facebook and twitter and just see what everybody's up to but when mm-hmm. you really really get to something that really matters to somebody and they really Really are willing to stand up for you and share it out. That's when it makes a difference. Not when everyone you, you're approaching somebody who just likes every single thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because those people we tend to really start tuning out. You know, if I'm watching them on Facebook and there's 20 posts in a row of just things they've liked, well, you know, by number two, I'm probably not paying any attention. But if it is somebody who they really think about it and they're only going to share something that they're passionate about or, you know, that they that means a lot to them or that they know can help people and they've really thought about it. Those people I pay attention to. Exactly. Exactly. Now, there's there's um, there's a couple of reasons that uh, that you do that. And um and there's a couple of reasons that they share that. And, and so that has to come together at the same time. So timing is important. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing that's important is that you, you resonate with their message and you guys align. So here's the interesting thing. Um, when, when somebody shares something, when you share something, actually, um, when you share, if you were to share for the next five days, all you were to share is, the, is, is articles from The Economist. I don't know why mm-hmm. I picked The Economist, but um, <laughs> if, if you were to share The Economist for the next five days, um, the chances of people starting to 
think over the next five days that you are in alignment with the economist, that you start to be begin to think like an economist. Um, you, you're into finance. You're into company uh, health. You're into um, stocks. You're into the uh, you know the 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 country and and um, the you know financial status and like mm-hmm. all of the things that the economist talks about. So then people would start to align with that uh, more. The people that that think that way would start to align with you more on that level, and mm-hmm. you would start to attract more your friend circles into that mm-hmm. that are more interested in in that kind of topic. Now, right. now th- here's the, here's the interesting thing. You are sharing something and people are aligning with what it is that you're sharing. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think a lot of people really realize that that's subconsciously and consciously you are what you share. Right. And that's the, that is the, the uh, thing that we, we need to know uh, both as mm-hmm. brands and, and as people, you are what you share and mm-hmm. um, you can change it. Because in my example, remember, for the next five days, if you shared The Economist, people would start to align with that, and they'd start to see that you're interested in that. Well, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm throwing out a random number of five days, and I took a random example of The Economist. But, um, but you get the point that if you start to share something different, people will start to align themselves if they're interested in that topic with you. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do is just share something different if you want to be aligned with something in a, in a different way. Right. You know, it's, it's one of the tips that I give to people who are looking for a job, especially if they've been a- out of work or are changing into another career field, is they really need to start sharing from whatever that industry is or whatever that career path is. So, you know, if they're a, uh, you know, a marketing person in high tech, they have got to start sharing information. And, you know, I'm not talking really about Facebook. This is more on LinkedIn. But they need to share information about high tech marketing. Because it shows, hello, that they are keeping up with all of that. But it is that whole, you know, people, they see that and they think, wow, you know, and, and, and like attracts like. It's, you know, it's that, that whole concept of when we first, you know, we're, we're little kids and we started making friends. We picked friends who thought and did the same thing that, that we did. And that continues until the day you die. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, you know, we are... Uh, so we surround ourselves with like people and um, mm-hmm. and companies don't realize that they do the same thing because uh, mm-hmm. companies are, are uh, um, a mirror of uh, a human um, human environment. Um, they're mm-hmm. they're built by humans. Um, so here's the here's the the difference. Uh, companies don't have emotions. Um, a, bra- right. a brand does not have an emotion. Humans mm-hmm. do. People do. Mm-hmm. And so um, as we're building our brands, as we're building our companies, um, it's important that we all realize that we're identifying with people on the other end. And that's where social mm-hmm. media, that's where human to human, that's where sharing comes in. You want to really mm-hmm. identify with people. So you really want to put your people forward. Um, right. And a lot of good companies are like that. And so to back to your point, we want to hang out with people that we like and we make those friendships and then we, you know, um, like them for for life in, in some or hopefully even most cases. Um, the same thing happens with brands. We get hooked on a brand because we get hooked mostly on people. Like if I were to throw out uh, um, different company brands, you would probably mm-hmm. say that you identify with a person behind the brand um, mm-hmm. at, on an equal level to the brand itself. Um, right. You know, we still identify with uh, with Steve Jobs, with Apple, mm-hmm. but we're starting mm-hmm. to identify with K- Tim Cook more uh, as he, as he goes. Um, right. But again, at the same time, we're identifying with with one or the other uh, gentleman as much as we identify with Apple because we're mm-hmm. we identify with people. So right. um, so it's really important that the personal brand of what we're talking about in social media and in sharing really comes out. Uh, that leadership and and, um, and 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 how we share and how we identify with the people behind the brand, um, it's it's more important now than ever that we actually uh, um, really put and help people to shape their personal brands within okay. within these companies. Well, and I love part of of you know, one of the things you talk about in the book is that we have to make our leaders human. Um, you know, we kind of got away from that for a long time. 
with the fact that, you know, you, you bought a soda because you were buying from Coca-Cola or you, you know, it, 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 there wasn't a person that was there. You were just dealing with the brand. And, you know, now we're really seeing that shift. You know, we have people like Richard Branson or, you know, all of these people who, when we start seeing that person, and, and it's funny because sometimes you don't always like what they're talking about. You know, I'm, I'm in Atlanta where we had some of the controversies here with Chick-fil-A and the founders' philosophies about religion and uh, gay marriage and, and things like that. And, and, you know, so, but he still said, this is how I am. You know, he wasn't going to hide from that. And and when you see the, the leaders become human in good ways and in bad ways, I think that is something that, that we really need to nurture. And you talk about that in your book. Totally. Exactly. And and I also talk about um, uh, one of the things that makes them – that if you really want to make them more human, then you have to uh, really look at those three uh, pillars. So empathy, mm-hmm. imperfection, and simplicity. And he, mm-hmm. so, so think about um, this because those three pillars apply to both brands and people. If right. you if you think about um, the, let me ask you actually and and, and while everybody's listening, um, mm-hmm. I want I want everybody to be thinking about their own answers. Or obviously we I wish we we could hear hear what they have to say, but think about mm-hmm. think about your own answer. So um, but for you, um, why, why don't you tell me what what do you think is the most simplistic brand out there? Ah, the most simplistic brand. Wow, you know I'm not exactly sure. Um, and maybe that's because I, I, you know, come in contact with so many things. But if I had to think of a brand that is, you know, it is what it is, we, would maybe be Nike. There you go. You know, yep. yeah, that's a good one. Um, and, and, and you're not alone. I've heard that, that before. Um, very st- straightforward, very easy to get. You know exactly mm-hmm. what you want and they have it for you. They've made their product very, very easy and simplistic for you to, to, um, to buy. Um, and, and another one I do hear a lot is Apple, because if you ask everybody, you know, it's, it's almost, it's too easy an answer because if you ask everybody what products they have, you could probably name them all. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so, um, now what do you think, which brand do you think has, um, the, the, the most, um, uh, empathetic brand that they care the most about their customers? About their customers, you know, um, sometimes, and it, it varies, and, and of course, this is maybe one of the things that comes across is, is it's how good their PR people are sometimes, sure. you know, and getting those stories out there. Um, Starbucks would be one, yeah. because they're always talking about things like that. Um, totally. It's uh, it is it's kind of tricky because and maybe it's that I have the or I take off the rose colored glasses and I think ooh you know this is uh-huh. the PR people putting the story out there yeah but it's um you know the the companies some of them are, are things maybe you wouldn't even think of like maybe Google mm-hmm. because they always care about their employees yeah and and you know that would definitely come back to Apple maybe not now but you know one of the very first books that i read about technology was guy kawasaki's book right. about the macintosh way and how they valued their employees and because they valued their employees that meant that they valued everybody else right. um, you know it was it was kind of all tied together so what what company do you think of yeah um you know i always uh um I, and I don't think there's a wrong answer. It's it's what everybody feels to themselves. So I think those are those are great. Um, and I agree, actually. Starbucks is great. You, it's funny though um, how how many times they get your uh, name wrong on the cup though when you I know. And and I wonder <laughs> about their empathy when when that happens. Mm-hmm. But um, but. Um, uh, Amazon is one of my favorites for empathy, and and uh, the reason that I like to say that is because they um, are this this massive company that mm-hmm. uh, makes you feel like you um, you're always right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I honestly think it's there's there's brilliant brilliant science behind it um, that we're we're all uh, in you know just so excited by because you can return a product to them and they will not ask you uh, any questions they'll just take it with right. with no problem and mm-hmm. you know I've returned a, a camera to a local shop that I bought because they told me Wi-Fi was in it and it wasn't and I opened the package and realized that they didn't have wi- a Wi-Fi connected inside the camera and mm-hmm. then when I took it back they told me there was a $200 restocking fee and I, I mentioned that you know that 
they told me that there was Wi-Fi, so that's why I'm returning it, that there mm-hmm. wasn't, and they still charged me the $200 stock right. fee. Mm-hmm. So, so this is why local businesses are having a problem um, over a company like Amazon where they just take the product back, no questions mm-hmm. asked, no problem. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that old story of Nordstrom taking the tire back. Um, so <laughs> so um, then, then the last one is, um, is imperfection. Right. What do you think is a brand that is imperfect and they embrace it? They're okay with it. Hmm. Wow. Who would that be? Or let's even just, let's make it easier. Just mm-hmm. imperfect. They don't embrace it. They just are an imperfect brand. They go through a lot of challenges. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this knowing that I have someone who is listening there, <laughs> um, but I'm going to say Walmart. Ooh, um, yeah. You know, and 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 I, actually, I do. I know someone who who works for them in in their management, and but yeah, they they have problems and and sure. you know a lot of different things. But clearly, it hasn't really hurt them all that much. Right. And you know what? Here's the thing: what brand ha- is not perfect? There is right. no perfect brand. Um, mm-hmm. So you could have. I mean, that answer almost is like a softball because you could name any brand. Uh, right. There, there's every brand is imperfect, and and mm-hmm. and here's the difference: the the brands that embrace it are the ones that are more human, because mm-hmm. they're okay with it. Because we like to, sh- we all like the underdog. We all right. we all want to um, vote for the people for the underdog, the people that are, um, you know, the 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 people that are trying their hardest and they're not quite number one yet, mm-hmm. um, and and or they're number one and they're they they don't see themselves as number one because they continually mm-hmm. try. So, um, so here's the here's the uh, interesting thing. Out of all of those examples that we just talked about, and all and those three uh, uh, characteristics, the three pillars, there mm-hmm. it's really. Um, and I challenge everybody out out there to think about um, a brand that encompasses all three. Hmm. I, and I haven't come across one that 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 does it very well. That embraces imperfection and simplicity. Mm-hmm. And empathy, and they mm-hmm. combine it in one. And also, I would challenge you to think about that as your own personal brand, because right. as 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 personal brands, as as people, we are our most human. People identify with us online when we embrace all three as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it's it's interesting because. Uh, when we see that, even in bits and pieces, you know, maybe somebody or, or a company doesn't do it all three times, but we do associate with that. You know, when somebody says, oh, my gosh, I screwed up. You know, if the company says, oh, you know, we, we really did a bad thing. We, we're like, oh, OK. It's when they try and hide it that we think, whoa, you know, and not so much. And and all of those it's it's when they become human themselves that we think okay that's that's a good company now it might not be a company we'll we deal with you know for whatever reason maybe it's just a product or a service that that we have no interest in but when they become human that's the important part exactly exactly um and 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 just to just to um (laughs) stress that point further i talk about um things like like uh in imperfection Mm-hmm. Um, I actually talk about it in 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 both books um, about uh, uh, embracing your your Fokker moments, and that's F O C K E R. And if you've seen um, <laughs> if you've seen Meet the Parents, um, mm-hmm. Gaylord Fokker is the is the character, and um, and he it, he all kinds of stuff happens to him mm-hmm. all the time, and um, and he learned to embrace it, and that's what we loved about him. Not only mm-hmm. you know as a character, obviously, but um, but that's kind of what we're talking about here things are going to happen now maybe you won't light somebody's roof on fire like he did or um <laughs> you know uh do all kinds of things like like uh uh spray pa- spray paint paint a cat just to return a cat and look good like all those things that happened in the movie were funny but um at the same time we could all identify that's why we all loved and and laughed at the movie because it it really um you know, carried the humanistic character of um, we all mess up and we can all mm-hmm. laugh at ourselves. And, um, and, and so that's, I think, really important. How do we laugh at ourselves? How do we embrace our imperfections? Um, you know, the NFL is, 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 is prime for that. I mean, they have stuff happen to them all the time. And, um, and so how do you embrace imperfection? It's really hard mm-hmm. to do. It's not so easy, but it's something that, you know, we're, we all need to strive for. Right. And, you know, some sometimes the, the best and the easiest way to embrace it is to say, I'm sorry. 
and mean it. You know, and I think that's where, you know, NFL would be a great example. When they have things that happen that are, are bad, they tend to, you know, dust it over or, you know, and, and then granted, we do go on to the next news cycle. And but if they just came out and said, wow, we screwed up. OK, <laughs> you know, then we'd go on. But the problem is when the companies don't admit that they did something wrong, then it comes back and it comes back and it comes back. Um, you know, and, and I always tell people on your social media pages, if you get a negative comment or a negative review, it's absolutely critical to respond to that, because if you don't, then you have all of the other little negative people who latch onto that. So, you know, it, people just want to be heard and acknowledged and and saying that you're that you're not perfect is not a bad thing. Yes. Yeah, it it is not bad and um and I think that um you know, we all um uh really need to uh pay attention to um, just being our best selves that we can. And I know mm-hmm. that a lot of um, people are, you know, thinking, what do I share and, and backing off of it? Um, like, mm-hmm. for instance, I've had somebody say, you know what, sometimes I want to post something, but I just think it's an overshare. Like, what is an overshare? Um, right. And um, and how do I how do I take advantage of the sharing economy or the, the collaborative economy or the social era, whatever you want to call it, or hey, the human economy. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 how do I how do I share in this so that it's not oversharing? And 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 you know you really need to um, just just be authentically you. I know it sounds cliche, mm-hmm. but um, unfortunately, it's the best way I think to put it. And and to know that. Um, you know, just just like we create our social bo- our, our our physical body language offline, um, you know, it, 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 when we're in person, when we have two people inter- uh, communicating, two or more people, then we have 93% um, of all communication is through our body language. Right. And and so w- take that online. Think about. Um, uh, what you lose in that 93%. Now you've got 7% um, online left because they can't mm-hmm. see your body language and how you're communicating. So how do you translate set that, that rest of that 7% and still give people uh, a sense as to who you are and create um, a digital or social body language around who you are and be able to share um, in those, in those um, moments? And, and, you know, I always suggest, and this is just kind of more of a uh, in the trenches tip. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always suggest that people share in thirds. Um, I and, love that concept. Um, well, here's the, here, here's the, uh, if you're, if anyone out there is, is familiar with photography on any level, you take it with your phone or, you know, um, with, with your camera or whatever. Um, the, the, the concept of, of the thirds um, is, is something that uh, the photographers live by. It, it makes for a more interesting photo when you take a picture in thirds. When something's off to the left or off to the right, the focus is, um, you know, not centered is the point mm-hmm. um, when you take it in, in uh, um, one, one third or another. And so um, uh, when you think about your, your, your social body or digital body language in thirds and you share in thirds, you're going to have a much easier time um, having people resonate with you. And here's why. Because people don't want to hear you talk about yourself all the time. They don't in mm-hmm. person and they don't online. Um, mm-hmm. They don't want to hear you talk about the news or something specific all the time. Um, me, like that, that, let's go back to the economist example of all you shared was the economist for the next five days. As, as I was just trying to point out the example of what people would align with. Um, also, if you shared just that for five days, it would start to become annoying. And, right. and they don't want to hear what that, about that. And then also people want to be entertained. They want to. They want to laugh. They want to enjoy mm-hmm. the lighter side of life. Uh, what you know, things that you uh, enjoyed, or what you did with your family, or the personal side. Um, whether it's humorous or personal, the, people want to enjoy that kind of stuff. So now take those three kind of slivers, those three uh, um, uh, uh, ways to share, and combine them. Now, mm-hmm. now share from each section um, uh, uh, at different times and and people will start to see your social body language 
come to life because mm-hmm. you're starting to mix and match different things that you in, are enjoyed by over time. They aren't getting annoyed by the same thing that you're sharing all the time and they're getting value um, mm-hmm. as well. They're not just feeling like, hey, this person's talking all about themselves, which you don't ever want to do anyway. So um, so I always suggest to share in thirds. And, and mm-hmm. um, if you have to even write it down and map it out, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but um, instinctually, I think it's something where you want to get to a point where you're doing that. And the same thing applies to brands. People mm-hmm. want to people want to feel entertained. They want to also hear about you, but they also want to hear about news and tips and things about other things besides your company. So the right. same thing applies to brands as it does to people. Well, and I think that's where companies really mess up or, or miss the boat. They think that they have to always be talking about their product or their service. And, you know, the, the big brands don't, um, you know, and, and whether it's online or, or not, I think one of the best examples that I uh, can think of is Budweiser. You know, Budweiser sells beer. We know Budweiser sells beer. But some of the things that get shared the most, commented the most, talked about the most are there commercials that have absolutely nothing to do with beer? <laughs> you know, think of how many times we, we talked about the commercials around the Super Bowl where they were, you know, it, it was the little lost puppy. Now, you know, granted, they tied in their brand because they had the Clydesdales and, you know, it, we always associate the Clydesdales with Budweiser. But those were human stories. They were stories that made you feel good. They entertained you. And, oh, by the way, you know, Budweiser happens to sell beer. So it it was something where they really, truly embraced this whole idea of we're not just selling beer. Yeah, it's it's true. And and here's so they they understand uh, the value of entertainment, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, and the beer industry unto itself understands the value of entertainment and the consumer industry understands that they have to be entertaining, maybe not Maybe not all brands, um, but most of them understand that they really need to be entertaining, um, mm-hmm. and and because, well, for for one, they um, you know there are restrictions uh, about what they can talk about alcohol about, mm-hmm. um, and all right. So, mm-hmm. But um, on the on the other hand, um, you know it, it's uh, the 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 art of storytelling has not died. It's 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 so well and alive mm-hmm. um, that we all. Um, you know, need to really understand how to do it, and um, and that that it's it's something we can all now do. It's not something left to to the madmen of advertising creation for uh, to beer. Um, it's something mm-hmm. that we can all do online, um, and we can do it through easy things like videos. You know, we mm-hmm. we all have access to a, a video uh, camera now on our phones, so right. creating a video is so easy for everyone. So creating a story is easy, um, mm-hmm. and and a story can be as long as short as uh you know seven seconds on a vine or 15 Mm -hmm. seconds on an instagram or as long as you know as long as you want on youtube um Mm -hmm. and and these things are um available to all of us and and uh, um they give us the ability to do exactly what you're talking about now the difference in in the 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 awesomeness of what you just said is that they know how to tell a story Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it really well, and they they entertain us, and we laugh. And we we also uh, now have to learn how to do that ourselves, because if you put up bad content, you're not going to get viewers. Um, right. And so we're learning now how to do that on an everyday basis. And so mm-hmm. how do we now become storytellers in in a time when we have access to the same media that uh, that that um, that um, you know advertising agencies did in the Mad Men days. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes it takes just being creative. And, and you know, there, I always love it when companies tell me, well, my, my product or my service is boring. Why would I want to, to you know, I can't, cre- I can't create content. Um, one of the best examples I saw of a video that was, it was very cool, was a company here in Atlanta that makes boxes. Okay, now that really is fairly boring. But they did a video of the process. So they showed, you know, this is this is a box start to finish. And along the way, they also, you know, had quick little snippets of their employees. So you saw who made the box, you know, all of these things. So they took what was a pretty mundane process, told the story, made it interesting. And more importantly, they made it something that people wanted to share, even if you didn't buy boxes. I mean, it was just kind of a cool little video. 
Wow, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. You know, and, and so it's, it, and sometimes it does take, I shouldn't say this after that story I just told, but <laughs> thinking outside the box. Um, and because there are things, you know, and, and when we see things that get shared from others, think of how you could use that in your own company. And to me, that is probably the biggest struggle that a lot of companies, especially when they're, they're trying to get engagement and things on social media, is they don't know what to share. So, you know, why do, and this is probably a question that we could talk about, obviously, for the next 30, 40 hours, <laughs> you know, and we just have a little over 10 minutes left. Um, what should companies, you know, what is the thought process be, behind creating something that is, is going to be shareable? Yeah. Um, well, part of it is uh, what I was talking about in terms of the thirds, um, you know, really making sure that you're operating within the, thir the third um, uh, rule mindset. Um, the, the, uh, there's a couple other things that you really need to do. One, um, w this is almost the most important thing that you do before you get onto social media or you get onto um, sharing, and that's um, that you're, you're doing some level of listening. Um, and, and if you want to know what to share, uh, listen first. Um, mm -hmm. Go look at uh, hashtags of, around topics. Go look at what people are talking about. Go, mm -hmm. go look at what's resonating, what's not. Um, do, but get some listening software, social listening software. And, mm -hmm. and, and if, you, if you have a lot of stuff, a, a big topic, you can pull in a lot into uh, using software. You can pull in a lot of data into uh, bite-sized chunks and, and um, see what's resonating out there. Um, you know, we were working with um, one of the big uh, culinary um, uh, top-tier culinary uh, places uh, in New York. Um, actually, they have places around the world, and um, and they, um, you know, we ran uh, social listening software around the term. Um, I want to become a chef, mm -hmm. and um, and 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 terms within that, but just that one term um, actually produced around twenty-five thousand shares a day around that one term. And mm -hmm. so um, we reverse engineered exactly what you're talking about, where we looked at what other people were sharing around the topic that we're interested in. And then we would see that and we would start to craft our content around that so that it was mm -hmm. it was it was pointed directly at what what was already being discussed. And it wasn't outside of the realm. The other thing that we're able to do is actually, um, you know, as they're saying, I want to become a chef, I want to become a chef. We had a solution for them. We can help mm -hmm. them become chefs. And so um, we were able to actually, in a human way, reach out to them and say, we, we can help you. And um, mm -hmm. now, obviously, not all 25,000 were, were um, realistically going to do that. Maybe, it, you know, it was, a, it was like, you know, something fun that they said. It was more fleeting, right. fleeting moment. Mm -hmm. so, um, so there were indicators that we came up with that helped us to uh, really kind of find more of the needles in the haystack of those 25,000 that helped us to mm -hmm. do that. But my point is, is that um, there were 25,000 to start with. And there mm -hmm. were that many people who love food that want to, uh, in some way, be associated with uh, becoming a great chef. And, um, and so I think with just about every, uh, you know, major topic in this world, you can start to listen and see what people are saying. And then you can start to build your content around that. And you can start to share things that are going to resonate. You can start to use the hashtags that people are already using so that they see what um, – they see your content, they see your shares. Like if, if uh, you're going to share something around, um, you know, um, something around uh, the stapler, <laughs> I have a stapler on my desk. So, why, <laughs> but if you're going to share, if, if you're going to sh share something around a stapler, um, you know, hashtag stapler is probably what you choose. Um, right. So, so, but you might want to look up other, uh, other hashtags and see what people are talking mm -hmm. like. Are they uh, hashtag staples, um, mm -hmm. hashtag, uh, you know, um, staple paper? You know, um, what are the other combinations of things that you can look at around that hashtag that helps you to mm -hmm. start to figure out what people are talking about so that you can, you know, really understand your product or your service and, and the topic? Right. Well, you know, I, I really want to make sure that we direct people towards the book because – I, let's see, I was just looking through here on my notes when I was reading the book. I took all these notes, and we covered hmm, four points, <laughs> and I have an entire page of notes. So it was something that as I was reading it, I'm like, oh, 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 now granted, I was reading it for a different reason, but it, it was a fabulous book, a fabulous resource. So, um, you know, Brian, tell people how they find the book and how they connect with you. 
Sure. Yeah, um, the book is uh, uh, very easy to find on Amazon. If you actually just type in Shareology, that's S-H-A-R-E-O-L-O-G-Y, um, mm-hmm. into Amazon, it will come up first, which is awesome. Um, you'll also get presented with options like Shakeology, um, and if you would like to have a shake, then I definitely uh, suggest <laughs> you click on that. But if you'd like to read a book on sharing, then click on Shareology. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Uh, you can go to shareologybook.com, and um, and once you have bought the book, that will let you uh, into our social uh, uh, shareology community, and there mm-hmm. are th- awards and, and rewards and points, and then we actually have a sharing system where you can mm-hmm. share things and earn things. Um, right. and, I'm looking at that right now. This is very cool. Oh, awesome. Um, you, you've, you've got things that you can share. You can connect with other people here. Yep. You know, this is this is it's its own little online community. Totally. Yeah. There's just under a thousand people in there uh, uh, getting to know each other, sharing things mm-hmm. out to Facebook and Twitter and so on. And we're, we're presenting it in a way that's really easy. It's just you just click and share um, and mm-hmm. then you earn points and those points get you rewards just like clout perks. Um, although, although I think we have cool perks, and mm-hmm. um, and that you can get get things like we have ten corporate sponsors in there. Like Monster actually has speakers and uh, mm-hmm. headphones and things, and so we've got lots of really yeah. cool things that you can earn. There's mm-hmm. gonna be tickets to events and and um, and and then obviously uh, you know things around like a signed book. Um, mm-hmm. That you can earn, uh, earn so lots of lots of stuff in there. Definitely uh, explore that. Um, go to shareologybook.com to get access to that once you've bought the book on Amazon, and then um, and then other than that, I'm at Brian Kramer on Twitter, Brian with Y, Kramer with a K, or on my website, BrianKramer.com. Great. Well, you know we've got uh, just a couple of minutes left, and and. It, you know, I obviously have to have you back on again since I only got through four of my, <laughs> my points here on this list, you know, because I wanted to talk about, you know, why companies really need to get their employees involved. And that's far more than, than what we can talk about in, in just a minute or two and, and how you always have to kind of be in this presence of, of giving and who influencers are and right. really what the hashtags are and how to, to use those things. And the fact that we're not social selling, we should be social helping. helping. Yeah. But you know, we've we've in a in a minute or two, Brian, tell people just really the the essence of shareology and why it is just so absolutely critical for people to be successful in both a personal and professional way. Yeah, in just a minute or two. Thanks for the challenge. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so sharing is something that we've done since the beginning of time, since cave paintings. Um, it's it's something that we do uh, subconsciously or as part of why we want to connect with the world. But what we've mm-hmm. never actually um, really been for, we've never actually been formally taught to share. It's not a class that I think anybody has really taken, other than maybe in kindergarten when uh, you were taught to share. Um, but there's really no class. It's a skill. It's an earned skill that we all have. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's why what I was trying to attempt is a way that helps people understand something that that we were uh, born born with, learned along the way, and and still haven't figured out quite how to be our best sharing selves. And mm-hmm. um, and I think it's something that we can all get better at, including myself. And so I wanted to do um, something where I, I interviewed over 250 people that included psychologists, anthropologists, linguists. Um, uh, executives at large companies, medium companies, small companies, uh, well-known people all across the board um, that really helped to boil down um, what, what, how, when, where, and why people and brands share. And so it's mm-hmm. divided into – the book is actually divided into the art and the science, um, mm-hmm. the share – uh, is the art and the ology is the science. And so you can skip around the book, I actually point out exactly the page to go to if you want to skip to the science section or the art section. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, and then there's some storytelling around why I resonated with this. I obviously, I, um, I don't know if, um, if, 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 if this was uh, something that you shared before, sorry if I'm saying this again, but, um, but I, I, was, I was honored to speak at TED uh, and give a right. TED talk. And at that, well, we didn't even get to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that TED talk really kicked this 
whole idea off. It was uh, mm-hmm. titled, and if you look it up uh, under Brian Kramer um, and Ted, you'll 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 probably find it. And it's the title of it was how sharing can reimagine um, uh, your future and how it reimagined mine. And I talk about the story that I went through mm-hmm. and how I had to um, reimagine my future. And it did, and because I had a low point in my life and what I did to to do that, and and I did it all through sharing. Um, so that TED talk and also it's uh, that story is outlined in, in Cheryl G as well. Great. Well, I have been having an absolutely wonderful talk, time talking with Brian Kramer about sharing, about Shareology, the book. Obviously, we have to have you on again, Brian. So one last time, how do people find you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, at Brian Kramer on Twitter, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, B-R-Y-A-N-K-R-A-M-E-R, or you can find Shareology on Amazon. Great. And for those who aren't connected with me, pretty easy also. It's just debcreer.com, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R.com, and you'll find all of my social media links there. Until next week, everyone have a great time, and I promise we'll have Brian on again. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.